to get right into the Craig Collins show. I don't even want to bump. I just want to talk to I got a bunch of people in studio and I want you guys to introduce yourself. You're all here with the First Responders Charity Ball, a very cool event. Yeah, and they're Snapchatting and Facebooking in studio. I have one police officer and two firefighters. Is that correct? Or no, no, it's the, uh, uh, well, it's the opposite. Yeah, it's, it's the exact the opposite. opposite. Yeah. I offended everybody. So the firefighter took the, the one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Our police officers are sharing a microphone, but one at a time, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, uh, Jason Patton with Fire Department Chronicles. Cool. I'm Benny Montez. Uh, I'm out of Denver, Colorado, a stand-up comic in... Police. Mm. Nice. So I'm Rick Smith. I'm from, from Ohio, Southeast Ohio, and uh, my social media name is Officer Smith. Oh. Officer Smith, yeah. okay. And oh, sorry, got... I'm from Florida. Sorry, I didn't know we were <laughs> yeah, that's how we're doing it. <laughs> uh, okay, so you guys all got invited in town by our other friend in studio, Daniel, and have you done multiple first responder charity balls? Is this something that you guys do a lot in a lot of places? It's actually the first one that we've, uh, we've done, at least, okay. yeah, that we've been involved with. It's amazing. This is the first uh, charity ball that I've been part of, but uh, I'm part of a group uh, that's called Humanize the Badge, yeah. which involves Officer Daniels, uh, this guy Officer Smith right here, and a bunch of other law enforcement people that are scattered throughout the country. And uh, what Humanize the Badge is is exactly what that is, is try to build relationships with the community. So um, although it's not a ball, we do a lot of stuff that try to build that, bridge that gap between law enforcement and uh, the community. Cool. And that's one of the two charities that will be um, yes. that will be benefiting from this event tomorrow night. It starts at 5 o'clock. It's an amazing space here in Bloomington. Uh, the other charity is? It's the Fire Department Coffee Foundation. We, uh, it's uh, founded by Fire Department Coffee. And what we do is we find sick and injured first responders, and we help them out, cash in hand, you know, help pay their mortgages, that kind of thing. Cool. Uh, yeah. First responders is something that we don't think about enough as people. Like, if, if there's anything that happens, the first responders, obviously, they talk about it a lot at New York with 9-11, mm -hmm. and John Stewart is famously someone who's gone out and and been, <laughs> they're doing a lot of Snapchat and Facebook. You guys are awesome. Uh, but he's famously been out talking about this. But I think locally we forget that every community has first responders that we are so, like, you are so important to our day-to-day -day lives and our day-to-day -day ability to to stay safe, that it's wonderful to have an event to thank you for that kind of work because, and this is a question to everyone, what is it like to rush toward something when everyone else is fleeing from it? I think it's a natural instinct. I think you're born with it. Uh, it's never been a second thought in my brain. of <clears throat> never seen a, a fire or anything like that or someone in danger and thought twice about going towards it. It's, I think it's a natural instinct that you're, that you're born with. I mean, personally for me, uh, I've been doing this for 21 years. On my, on my lap. Yeah, if you guys just want to piggyback. Yeah, yeah. It's actually really cute. Uh, Vinny's really short, so he's like just trying to peek his head up to get that mic. That's a lot better. Um, you know, I know it's, it is something that you can happen. You know, it's very dangerous, but uh, I don't think we think about that every day. We just love the job. For me, it's the people. Um, okay. You know, for you, I'm sure it's, you like working here and being part of this because of the environment that you're in. It's the same thing. It's a team environment for us. Uh, and even though we joke back and forth between fire and police, you know, the, they're hose draggers. We're not. And uh, it's just a camaraderie that uh, allows for people to really enjoy themselves. And that's the best part about being a cop. And also for me is interacting with the community. Yeah. And it may sound cliche, but that is straight up the reason I do it. Well, and Vinny, you're also a comedian? Yes. Yeah, so How does that, how do you land there? So uh, straight up, I had, was struggling with my mental health in 2008. Yeah. I had a young man die. Uh, I was off duty, had to transition on duty really quickly, and uh, he passed away, and it really messed with me. My cup was full. And so not only am I, but the rest of us, we're big advocates for mental health. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that just touches the law enforcement community or the EMS at large. It's a broad 
issue yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. And so uh, comedy was turned into be my outlet, and I used that as a medium to reach other people. And humor, no matter what you're doing, stand-up, sketch comedy like a lot of these guys do, um, it's a medium that everybody can understand, and humor is something that can really uh, change people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's interesting you say that because um, the previous host of the afternoon show, who's just moved back to 10 to noon, for anyone looking for fish, he's back at 10 to noon. Uh, his family had uh, someone pass away because of a mental health uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing, and unfortunately, this person chose to take their life. So so fish made it a priority in the last few months in the show to discuss mental health, to be on the forefront of of making sure people are aware that a lot of those struggles are are hard to identify and hard to see in people that you care about. I, I couldn't agree more, and I'm sorry to jump back in real quick, but here here's I could not agree with you more. The problem for law enforcement, and I and I can't speak for fire, but I would assume it's possibly the same. Is sure. uh, talking about mental health and being open about that, like I am. I'm not ashamed of it anymore. It's taboo. It used to be taboo in uh, the communities of law enforcement, especially because you know nobody wanted to see it as weakness or anything like yeah. that. Because, but truly, the things that you see and you deal with, they're not normal. And at some point, you're going to fill up. You know, I co- we call it a chalice. You know, your chalice is going to eventually get full, and you got to have some outlet to deal with it. Sure. And so, uh, I think that. Well, I don't think I know that we lose more officers to their own hand every year than people. Uh, who actually are killed in the line of duty. And so I just want to bring that to the forefront of people's minds, just like your uh, colleague, uh, because it's something that just does not touch the individual who uh, suffers from that, but the families and the people that are associated with them, it it grips them as well. Well, and like I was saying, your work is so important to keep us safe. And all three of you guys in studio right now, the things that we depend, the rest of society depends on you for, if we can't acknowledge that that's a hard job and a challenging thing to ask you for and to... To understand that, as you said a second ago, as your charity tries to point out, you guys are human beings. You're mm. you're just like us, except for that other factor you have in you that makes you rush toward danger when we run away. Um, and we need to appreciate the job you're doing a lot more. I think, uh, and I think uh, Vinny has done a very good job, and I think we all try to do it. Is uh, there's different ways to approach mental health awareness. You sure. know, it doesn't always have to be that serious, you know, depressing subject. You can find a humorous way to approach these things because a lot of times that helps open the subject a yeah. lot faster. You're laughing a little bit. You're having a good time. Then you drop in those facts here and there. Um, it, and it is it is harder for police officers because firefighters are their heroes, and they look at us constantly <laughs> and just wish they could be us. So I, I just I, wish I, I could like take a nap in your lounger, Barker lounger, <laughs> right, Officer Smith? <laughs> I'm sitting here almost too too quiet because I'm just I'm I'm caught off by the majesticness yeah. that is your face. <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult being this beautiful. You know, yeah. the sixty inch flat screen TV that's in there. I, I can tell we're gonna we're gonna need a lot more. You guys are gonna need to make fun of each other a lot more. I'm gonna take a break. We'll do a bunch of that off the air. We'll come back talk a little bit more about the first responders ball. I do want to mention too. That if someone buys tickets today, someone buys two tickets, go to firstrespondercharityball.com. You can click up on the top at events and buy the tickets. If they purchase two during this show, we'll give them two free yep, VIP. Two, yeah, two meet and greet tickets for what, 3 o'clock? 3 o'clock, yeah, the event. Yeah. So the meet and greet yep. starts at 3. The actual event starts at 5. There's food. There's speakers. There's a bunch of stuff. It's it's that amazing space here in Bloomington. It's going to be a really fun day. I think it's basically sold out. Like, there's going to be a bunch of people there. So 
So check it out online. We'll be back. More Craig Collins Show next. I think we're back to the Craig Collins Show. Everything just sort of stopped playing, so I assume the commercials are over. I've got a bunch of guests in studio. Um, guys, go ahead and reintroduce yourselves. You're from the First Responders Charity Ball. That event is taking place tomorrow night. Uh, it starts at 5, but meet and greet starts at 3. It's at Amazing Space. You can find tickets on firstrespondersCharityBall.com. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, Officer Smith from Southeast Ohio. Mm. Vinny Montez from Denver, Colorado. And uh, Jason Patton from Fire Department Chronicles, located in Florida. <laughs> why did you say that with your eyes closed? I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah, dude, why are you getting all like, yeah, you know, really? very white? Yeah, that, that was interesting. Uh, he closed his eyes immediately. He was zoned in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, first thing I want to ask you, actually, uh, now that we're talking about, you are going to get tased at this event tomorrow. Oh, I really correct? want to talk about that. <laughs> yes, uh, I decided that uh, since this is all going to charity and humanizing the badge and uh, also the Fire Department Coffee Foundation, that's, you know, I should, I should, I guess I should suffer a little bit. So I, as a firefighter, I've never been tased. Okay. And I agreed to let Officer Smith tase me because he's got anger issues and he <laughs> might as well take it out on me. So Actually, I have noticed during the entire interview, Every time you speak, he immediately stops smiling and stares dead at you. So I imagine that's going to be a very fun moment for you tomorrow. I mean, it's for charity. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, right, not yeah. A, it's not a... You don't want to do it. No, absolutely, I don't right. want to do no, it. But yeah. I, I realize that sacrifices need to be made. Right. And I'm, I'm just that kind of guy. Like yeah. I'm, you're such a hero. I know. God, you're amazing. And you've both been tased before. Is that part of the job? Do you have to experience that kind of stuff? Oh, you do where I'm from. Yeah. yeah. You don't where I'm, ha where I'm from, but uh, I have been tased. Uh, just because I wanted to know what it felt like, it, you know, if you're going to apply that type of sure. force, I think you should know what it feels like. And uh, it hurt like hell. I'll be honest with you. It really did. It hurt. Uh, I, the weird thing is it started smelling like carne asada after I was being paced <laughs> for a while. So people start breaking out like, you know, pico de gallo and stuff. To, and I was like, hey, man, it's time to eat or what? No. Is mine going to smell like ginger chicken because I'm a redhead? Like, how does that work? <laughs> it is the First Responders Charity Ball. It is here tomorrow night in Bloomington at Amazing Space. Uh, if we get tickets purchased, and I don't know if we can track that. I assume we can track. Okay, cool. Uh, in the next few minutes here, really during my show, we'll give out two free VIP passes as well. Mm -hmm. Go to firstrespondersCharityBall.com, uh, click on the Events tab on the top, and purchase those tickets. Uh, before I let you guys go, just a little bit more talk about uh, what it's like to get to do an event like this and shine a light on the fact that, you know, as you said, humanizing the badge. You guys are are people that are that we depend on, we trust on, we need in our communities to help keep us safe. And you're just regular people, too, that are, that are out there having fun and making jokes. Well, let me just say this real quick, okay? So I'm, I, I met some of these guys last year, uh, or this year at Police Week in yeah. D.C. And, and I don't know if it's the same for firemen. <laughs> I feel like they, um, well, this guy here anyway. <laughs> Whenever I was at uh, D.C. and Police Week, I got to meet Vinny for the first time and had followed his stuff on social media. Yeah. But within a matter of a minute, minute and a half, it was like some guy that I worked with, some guy that I'd, you know, I've got, I know I look a lot younger than, than, than Vinny's just cracked shell of a man that he used to be. But the like, years have been rough. At 20 years on and, and met this guy in a couple of minutes and, and mm. felt like I'd known him forever, worked with him forever. And then this, this fireman comes along on, on social media and he and I do a video together right. for like a year and a half now. I met him yeah. just this trip up here. Mm -hmm. And you've been asking to tase him the entire time you've known him. Well, actually, I watched his stuff on social media before I had the opportunity to tase him, and I wanted to even tase him <laughs> back then. Um, but when we met him at the airport, and it was like just two seconds after meeting him. Like, wow. So there's a, there's a, it's that, a bond. That it's bond in real life anyway, that, that camaraderie and public safety. Sure. And this, this off-duty 
thing and, and doing this charity, it's just, it's the same. It, yep. the, the feeling is exactly the same. Yep. And so, and for me, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm right along with their sentiment. But the other thing that comes to mind for me is it's a two-way street. So uh, we do appreciate, and I just want to say on behalf of all the first responders that are in this room, um, is we really appreciate the recognition. We know that uh, there are some people that uh, don't see it that way, but there are a lot of people that do support us, and yeah. we cannot be thankful enough to you for supporting us because every time a major event and i don't know i'm not going to speak for y'all but i assume that's the same thing that's y'all i use that word yes um i assume that every time that there's a major incident like we have a fire structure fire or not structure fire but a wildland fire what have you we get an outpouring from the community bringing by food to the uh, different sure. locations and uh people supporting writing letters and and so it's not not only thank you for supporting us, but thank you uh, for supporting this event to help uh, first responders have a night out and enjoy. Because a lot of the people that are coming tomorrow night are not just civilians, but there are also a lot of first responders that are coming for this specifically. And I hope tomorrow night I have a good set and I don't eat it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to have a really good time. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. No, I thank you guys again. And I just want to say that you're what makes our country great. Uh, if you go to another country and you deal with an issue, sometimes the way in which law enforcement handles that issue is is not ideal. And I know that our people here have problems sometimes, but we are different. The United States is different because of the way that our law enforcement behaves, because of the way that our firefighters behave, and because of the fact that if something does happen, first responders immediately rush to these instances. Mm -hmm. That's what makes us special, and I thank all three of you for your service and for doing that kind of stuff for us day in and day out. And I'm so excited to hear you eat it tomorrow, right? Mm. You're going to eat wow, it? Wow, that's that's like words of encouragement right <laughs> there. Know, I, I, man, the best way, the best way in comedy is to, is to go down in flames, right? I'm, I'm, I'm coming at him tomorrow. I'm coming okay, cool. straight out of the yeah. – I'm coming yeah. straight at him. All the content's going to be about me now. That's how you do it. Sit, how you, sit right up front. This is how you brand yourself, though. That's good. All exactly. Right. And we're back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I have Dion McNeil in studio. Dion, you are – with the McLean County Communications Department. You are the McLean County Communications Specialist, and you're here to talk about sick people, among other things. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, so we're here to talk about the flu season. Awesome. And uh, how um, people who are living within the McLean County can go ahead and take advantage of uh, the vaccine that we're offering. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming in. I actually had a couple of your colleagues in a, uh, on Wednesday because yeah. everyone <laughs> around me is sick, and somehow I'm still not sick. <laughs> and I've been time. happy to, I, but I haven't got my flu shot yet. Uh, we can talk about that in a second. But before we get, or, or actually, you know what, let's just go to that first. What information do you want to give us about uh, flu season, how how to find the vaccine, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so um, in part with the CDC, the Centers uh, Centers for Con uh, Disease Control and Prevention, we strongly encourage the influenza vaccination for everyone six months and older. Uh, for adults, um, you can receive uh, the flu vaccine on a walk-in basis Monday through Friday at the McLean County Health Department during our uh, typical business hours. And if you want to go ahead and set an appointment with us, you can contact 309-888-5435. And to schedule appointments for children's flu shots, um, you can also contact 309 888 Five four five five. Now the difference is, is those last four digits in mm -hmm. the telephone number. So be sure to to keep aware of that. And uh, in regards to the cost of the vaccine, the shots are thirty dollars. We do accept public insurance plans like cool. Medicaid and Medicare. Mm -hmm. And then along with most of private insurance plans, we also participate in a federally funded vaccine uh, for children, the VFC program. And so if you also d decide to want to make payments out of pocket, we do accommodate with that, too, as well. So we're accepting anyone who's 
wanting to come in and cool. try to stay healthy and and wanting to uh, protect and promote health in the yeah. community. And I see you also offer a high-dose flu vaccine. Those are for people that are 65 years or older. Yeah, so we're offering a high dose this year. Uh, this is actually our first time providing this dose. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that in as of yet. Um, I will be sending out some updates. Okay, to cool. You guys Good. It'll so be there can, soon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Once awesome. we get that into our office, we can go ahead and start providing that to uh, that population. But once it arrives, the cost for that would be about seventy two dollars. Got it. And so, if uh, again, if you um, are don't have the time to uh, get the flu vaccine, we do provide some general health. Uh, practices sure. for anyone who uh, doesn't have the time. Always, always wash your hands. That's always the first go-to. Yes. Right. <laughs> and you probably heard that with I Kathy and, and Carrie here. I've started hanging up signs throughout our studio here, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Important. Oh, that is hysterical. Yeah. And then also use disinfected products and, and, and frequently clean surfaces. Avoid contact with, of course, people who are sick as well. Sure. And things such as sharing drinks and foods. Try to avoid that and always, always get the proper amount of sleep, too. Perfect. Yes, that very important. Get the yeah. proper amount of sleep. Just in general, actually, not just to avoid the flu. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about vaping? Yeah, so okay. vaping has been a really, really hot topic here in the state of Illinois, only because within the past couple of months, we've been seeing a lot of uh, cases uh, uh, reporting that yeah. people are having respiratory infections, uh, an illness uh, related to vaping or THC-containing products. And so what we're doing as a county is... Uh, the McLean County is uh, wanting to, of course, uh, stand strong with the message that we've been providing with the community for several years now, where we um, try to advocate, or excuse me, try to make aware to our audience the dangers of using these products and also including vaping products. Sure. Um, but the latest, latest and greatest news with what we've been doing is we started a program called In-Depth. And so this program is a an alternative uh, to suspension or citation for students who face suspension for violation of school tobacco or nicotine use policies. So, of course, this is for uh, students, uh, high school students. One of our um, partners that we are currently um, starting this program with is the Bloomington High School. Um, this program was developed by the American Lung Association. And so with this uh, new initiative, our, our purpose is, of course, to bring awareness and the dangers uh, for uh, of using tobacco products and, of course, vaping products. But this program will like, consist of four sessions that runs about 50 minutes, and um, it'll they'll meet actually uh, about once a week, yeah. uh, so about four weeks uh, long for that program. So instead of that, like, Saturday detention, <laughs> right. that's already here, that slips to the principal's more. office, you know, you get to go and, and actually learn something that could be very useful. And this is sort of a, a, a prevention step for that younger demographic because we're seeing, you know, higher rates in that audience with uh, well, vaping use. To that point, are you surprised at how popular vaping has become? Uh, smoking has for a long time become less and less of a common thing we see. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, over the last few years, vaping has become tremendously popular, especially with younger kids. I, I think it's... It's no surprise when you look at the little gadgets that they come out with. Sure. So, <laughs> right. So we've all been kids before mm -hmm. where we've done things that we shouldn't have done before, what we shouldn't be doing. Right. Uh, of course, we weren't the right age. And so when you have these little trinkets and toys out that make it a little more conspicuous to use, yeah. it's, it's kind of, it, it can be fun for those, uh, that typical audience. And so that's why it's sort of a, not a surprise and also a surprise that we're now seeing sort of these related cases. Mm -hmm. So when you look at those devices, you're like, wait, a flash drive looks like well, a vaping right. device? Exactly. Oh. 
And that's, that the, that's the thing, too, about understanding the health and, and the effects of something. We didn't know the effects of smoking for a long time. We didn't know the effects of other things mm-hmm. for a long time. So when vaping comes out and touts that maybe it's healthier in some ways than other forms of doing this, it's, it's good to finally get more and more concrete information yes. and to understand it better. Yeah. Uh, one last thing that I know is a focus for you guys over at the health department, uh, the West Nile virus um, is back or it's there's something going on with that. Tell me a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, so before I go ahead and jump into the West Nile, okay, I, I do want to right, yeah, just want to let this little bit of information for anyone, uh, any schools or public schools looking to be a part of this program, the sure. in-depth program, mm-hmm. you can actually contact our health promotion specialist at 309-888-5446. And that's okay. going to be for Carrie Jones. That's her direct number, and she'd be happy to assist you with setting up that program. Perfect. But, to go directly into the West Nile virus, there's no no big news on that. We're actually ending that season. Uh, okay. Last week we had ended our surveillance. Um, what was um, really interesting about this past uh, West Nile virus season, however, is um, we we have a drastic low numbers compared to last year. Good. And uh, and that is a great thing. That's yeah. a, that's a really good thing. So last year we had uh, 176 human cases uh, cases that were reported in 74 positive counties. Now. Think about this. 14 human cases were reported this year in uh, 45 positive counties. Wow. That's that's uh, that's impressive. Yeah, that's an incredibly different number. Yeah. yeah what so, caused that? Uh, so there are speculations. I actually spoke with our environmental health director, and there is some inf- uh, information being researched and studied. Um, there could be maybe the birds have developed some sort of resistance to the sure. West Nile virus because, again, the actually the mosquito is the 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 carrier of it that then transfer it to the birds. Um, and so that's where we start to, when we test those, um, that, that specimen, we then learned that, Oh, this, uh, this is, uh, this county test positive, uh, for West Nile virus. Wow. So we kind of use, uh, use those tools. Another reason could be that birds migration, uh, that has changed due to the weather. Um, again, this is all very uh, kind of <laughs> very light research sure, behind sure. it. It's very much kind of like, okay, these are some reasons why right. we're seeing such a light light amount of numbers. Another reason can be, uh, you remember earlier this year, we were getting so much rain yeah. um, back in July and in and, and, uh, and June. Um, a lot of farmers thought they couldn't you know, get their crops going by the, the harvest season because we were getting so much rain. And because of that, it, it, it probably could potentially wash away some of the uh, the eggs that those mosquitoes uh, wow. that typically carry the West Nile virus. Okay, so look away. at that. You came in studio. You put a good spin on all the rain <laughs> yeah. we got this year. That is impressive. I'm going to clap for you for that. Thank yep, you, Dion. Yeah. Dion McNeil, you Thank are the you. McLean County Communication Specialist with McLean County Health Department. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again. I think you come in once a month or so. Yeah, I'll be here you? once a month. Cool, yeah. perfect. All right, more Craig Collins Show next. Should I stay or should I go? This is the Craig Collins Show. Um, I, I'm just getting to know all my coworkers here. I'm excited to be here in the new place. I thank all of our listeners for hanging out with me my first week while I have technical issues and hit the wrong buttons. But uh, something fascinating came up today with one of my new colleagues, Blake, uh, and I, I couldn't resist wanting our listeners to help him out. I, he has a dating question. He's looking for some dating advice, I think, and I don't. Maybe it's too strong to call it yeah. dating advice. It's not dating advice. All right. Well, you have you have a question about something that occurred. Yeah. And you'd like to know what the appropriate thing to do is. Yeah. And uh, some of our uh, other colleagues here gave you advice from the parental point of view, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of our listeners uh, might be capable of doing that. So first, Blake, set up what happened, and then we'll see if maybe someone can help you out. Okay. Yeah. So last night. Uh, I get out of class. I'm a grad student at Illinois State. I get out of class, mm-hmm. go home, eat some dinner, 
It's like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, and my phone gets a little ding on it. Okay. And so do you know what Snapchat is? I do know what Snapchat Thank you for that. Yes. Well, no, I don't know, know if you know or not. You know. Well, what is it? Is that, is that on the Internet? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, it's on the Internet. It's okay. where you can like send pictures and stuff, but they won't last forever. They just leave after 10 seconds or so much time. Okay. Right? So I'm on Snapchat, and I get this snap from a person, right? Now, wait a minute. First, Snapchat... Do you know the other people who are online at the same time like other well, stuff or no? No, you don't know they're online at the same okay. time. It's not like Facebook where you know they're online. Got it. Right? So this other person just yeah. decided to con- – they didn't know you were using the phone. They didn't know I was All on right. my phone. They just sent me a message on my phone. At what time? Uh, this was around 1 o'clock. Okay. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And what, they said – Were you about to go to sleep? Or yeah. I was right. in the midst of falling asleep. All right. Got yeah. it. <laughs> so they said, so you're, you're fading to sleep and yeah. you're, you're checking your, you and Neil both do this. You yeah. fall asleep to your cell phone. Well, you got to stay working. Honestly, I think, okay. Is that what it is? Yes. Snapchat's where you get yeah. your news? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, that's fine. So anyways, yeah. uh, I get this message from a person All right. and they said, hey, I just finished this major test. Mm-hmm. I just had a couple of drinks. You up. <laughs> now, when so they young, say, so a young lady, you up. A young lady contacted yeah. you. She's a student as well, it sounds like, because she had just finished a test. So yes. you guys go to school, maybe together. Yeah. And she, she sent you a message, and she sent a photo along with? Yeah, she sent a selfie. Okay, and the selfie was just her doing what? Just smiling? Smiling. All oddly right. drunk smiling. It was very weird. Okay, she had had <laughs> five Coronas? Five, yeah. Five, I'm right. leaving a lot of details out, and you're throwing them in for me, so I appreciate it. Uh, well, I'm just trying to throw that out there. <laughs> I, this is what I heard backstage. So she had some she had some yeah. drinks, and she just wanted to know if you were awake. Yeah. Because well, she, she probably said, wanted to up. have... Right. She wanted to have some kind of conversation about well, school yeah, or... Some kind of conversation. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And your decision was to do what with that? Well, place? I didn't reply. Oh. So I just opened it. Okay. Because I didn't know what to do, what to say. And she's going to get notified when you open it. That's how the Snapchat yeah, works. Yeah, she looked at it. She's, she saw that I opened it. Okay. And so now you... Had you communicated with her before? No. Like, you had never spoken to her? No. There's never a... Nope. Okay. But I had her on Snapchat, because I have everybody on Snapchat. Right. Okay. It's, not, it's like Facebook. I had a lot of <laughs> listeners on Facebook. Oh, you do? Yeah, I don't know who they are. Do you have listeners on Snapchat? Uh, okay, that's too far. Okay, no, that's fine. All I right. Neil on Snapchat. There anyways, we go. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> I don't know what to do. Oh, I, what do I do? Do did, I talk? You, is it awkward now? Do yeah. I talk to her? You did seem very concerned about this, so I do want people to call in and give us some advice. What should Blake do? Now, granted, I have heard some differing opinions in the office. Oh, it's been the talk of the day. Yeah, I don't want to give out who said these sort of things, but some people seem to think you're a young man, you're single. Mm-hmm. This is a young lady. She wanted yeah. to hang out at 1 o'clock at night. Yeah. Some people <laughs> around the office seem to, to think you probably should have seen what that was about. Yeah. Probably should have, you know. I've heard different opinions. You have. Yes, that's correct. From guys uh-huh. and from women. So I don't know. You are going to encounter this woman again, though. Yes, I okay. will. And I'll see her soon. Okay. So will it be awkward? Do I say, hey, I opened your snap, <laughs> you were drunk, what do I say? Well, I don't think you lead with that. That's probably not the right, hey, well, I opened I your snap, you were drunk. You said you up, which is kind of slang for... So why would you just recap everything that had happened? Would you have a, another... Would you say anything else to her? I don't know what to say. Okay. That's why I'm coming to the list. How much longer do you have in class with this young lady? Uh, until December. Okay. Yeah. So it's a while. Yeah. yeah so, you're, so we'll see each other a lot. Yeah. Um, I think you need some kind of plan. I need some kind of advice. I think, right. I think a plan is important, and right now you intend to do nothing. Exactly. That's I'm great. Right, we got a call. We got somebody calling in to let us to let Blake know what to do. Call you're on the air, WJBC. Hello. I'm hey. trying to give Blake advice. Please go ahead. I think he should take the young woman out to dinner 
Because she sounds smitten with him. You know what? What does smitten mean? Oh, okay. He's young. He's a young guy. Do you want to define smitten he, for him? She, well, I think that she just finds him fancy. Yeah, let's try, let's try to figure it out a way. <laughs> yes. She's liking all your Facebook posts. Yeah. She's giving you a super like yeah. there, buddy. Um, so yeah, She's dinner, thinking of you after five Coronas. She likes you. Right. Dinner sounds saying. nice. Should he go high end right away, or should he maybe go middle ground to start? Jimmy John. Okay, Jimmy John. That's not even dinner. That's honestly lunch. Freaky fast. Right, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for calling in. I don't think you should lead with freaky fast. That's not the right approach. You know what? I go ahead, call in all day. I think Blake's got to run. You got to run to class, yeah, don't you? No, I got a football game. Oh, you got a football game. Yeah. Um, but I'll take advice for Blake and I'll shoot him a text the rest of the show if you know what he should do and you, you like this young lady? No, no. Okay. No. But you'd like to stay friends with her? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Well, it's awkward. Taking your oh wait, we got one more call. Let me try to take one more call before we go. Uh, call you're on the air, WJBC. Craig Blake, it's Catherine Murphy. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Do you Uh-oh. know what Blake should do, Catherine? Blake, how do you know that that Snapchat was just for you? Oh, Ooh, good point. That is a tremendously good point. That's a good point. She Maybe spread it out. She sent it out to a bunch of people. Right. You don't even know if somebody responded. That's Maybe she's already true. caught her fish, and now it's not she, even going to be a big deal. Exactly. She was doing a little fishing. Right. That is so Ooh, interesting. That's a good point. I like uh-huh. that. All that's right. All thank I you, Catherine, for calling in. I'm Goodbye. super late for commercials. i got to go. <laughs> this is the Craig Collins Show. Uh, somewhat not seriously playing Rebecca Black, but this is Friday. It's Friday, Sam Penianovich. How are you doing, bud? You played my favorite song. I'm in a good mood, man. Yeah, I know. I figured that you loved Rebecca Black. I played it just for you. Uh, Sam Pinianovich, you are a sports betting analyst. You're a sports uh, genius. Can I go that far? If you'd like, yeah, yeah. you certainly can. I actually, I, uh, I'm having a good season with the football picks, but if, if you get wrong picks from me, you didn't get them from me. Let's just work <laughs> that out right now, okay? Yeah, so obviously, you know, with the World Series going on and with um, – you know, college football and the NFL uh, going on. I figured it'd be fun to have you in, give us some picks, and if some people, I'm not advocating what you do with your money, but if some people use your information for their own benefit, that's fine. Uh, so there's a few games you'd like to pick this week first, and then I, I mentioned this to you off the air. My wife has started making NFL picks for my show. I want you to grade her picks after we you give us some of yours. Okay, so last night, retroactively, I had the under, so that does do no good. So I'll just get to the ones coming forward. Uh, I do think this Ohio State team, Craig, they're six and one against the spread. They're seven and zero, undefeated. I don't think they've played anybody, and I don't think they've been physically challenged yet by any of the teams that they've played. Yeah. And bookmakers keep having to jack up the point spread. Like this number last week was ten, now it's fourteen and a half. I also had Wisconsin losing at Illinois. Uh, but I think Wisconsin was sort of looking ahead to this game. So I like Wisconsin plus 14 and a half. Uh, Notre Dame and Michigan, I think the wrong team is favored here. The public hates Michigan, which makes me love Michigan. Uh, <laughs> Michigan's at home against Notre Dame. That's all I real, baby. So I took Michigan plus one. And the last pick, this is going to be really unsexy. Maybe not in your neck of the woods, but across the country. I can't find one person, one betting analyst that likes the Chicago Bears. Like, they have already... Buried this team, buried the quarterback, buried the head coach, buried the play calling. But the, the Chargers, man, they suck. Like, nobody's watching <laughs> Chargers. They're yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, and this number, this, this spread opened up Bears minus six. 
Now it's Bears minus three and a half. And I feel like that's a good time to buy low. If the Bears were a stock, this would be the time to get in before it goes back up. I'm assuming you're not uh, you're not high on Mitchell Trubisky anymore. You're not high on the Bears. Uh, have you heard that there's a, a rumor that Tom Brady maybe could be an option next year? I, yeah, I mean, but that came from some god-awful network and some god-awful place. So, I, you know, <laughs> that's just a drum-up. That's just a drum-up, okay. I think, clicks and traffic. That's sure. really the problem with the sports coverage now. We, just, we want to throw something out there in, like, 90 seconds or a minute 20 just to get the clicks and the views and the eyeballs. I like, do you really think Tom Brady's coming to the Chicago Bears? I am. Mean, say it a lot. It even sounds silly, but there is this silly notion that Bill Belichick wants to prove that he can win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady, I think that would be stupid um, because he already has a, a fistful of rings with Tom Brady. I don't get why that divorce makes any sense for either party. It's worked out for almost 20 years now. So, no, I don't – to answer your question in a long way around, I don't see Tom Brady wearing blue and orange anytime soon. You know, Sam, I'll tell you why that divorce makes sense. The same reason that Kevin Durant is no longer with the Golden State Warriors. It's the it's the idea that you need to get out of a shadow, and if Tom Brady somehow feels that he has a shadow or vice versa, what better team than the Bears, who have been always a quarterback away, what better team to prove that I can go anywhere and win uh, for Tommy? Um, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Uh, my quick counter, my quick counter to that would be watch the Bears' offensive line on tape. Tom Brady would watch that and have a stroke. He'd go, no, <laughs> no, not Chicago. You know, I don't nah. want because the thing about Brady, he doesn't want to get hit. Right, you're right. Yeah, especially with him being toward the end of his career, I assume, unless the guy plays for another ten years and maybe he has that ability. All right, it's time to judge my wife's picks, and then I'll let you go. Uh, she did three NFL picks this week. And uh, listeners are allowed to compete against her. One listener each week will get a shot to beat Betty, uh, who doesn't watch football, by the way. She makes picks for other reasons. She picked Chicago over L.A. How do you feel about that? Well, obviously I like that one right. a lot. I like three and a half. So I think the Bears win. I'm going for one with Betty. And she's going straight up, by the way. She's not playing the spread on any of these. She picked the Jets over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I actually look. I, I like the Jets. I think the Jets are a pretty strong sleeper pick this week. Everybody remembered them losing on Monday night when they scored no points, but they played the Patriots. So yeah. I think the Jets are in a good bounce back spot. I do like the Jets. I'm two for two. Wow. Okay. And then this is the one that might surprise me. She picked the 49ers over the Panthers. The 49ers are six and zero. Yeah, this is the one. I, I think eventually in the NFL you have a dud, and it's not that the the Panthers are better. Than the 49ers, but Carolina, remember, they're coming off a bye, and I think they had a little bit more time to uh, get some health in order. I think that the Niners eventually are going to lose. I have a pretty good idea uh, that it might happen this weekend, so I'm going to have to disagree with Betty there, but it sounds like she's doing better than anybody else. But it's like <laughs> that lady that always wins the bracket pool, right? Like, yeah. she has no idea. She's picking colors and mascots. Well, actually, that's exactly the reason I asked Betty to start doing this. She did better than me in the brackets the last few years, and maybe that's because I wasn't listening to guys like you. I was thinking I knew stuff on my own. But she's <laughs> she's kicking butt at that kind of stuff. So I'm like, you know what? Let's make some picks on the air. All right, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Sam Penianovic, you are a sports betting analyst. You are a, I gave you the term, sports genius. I hope to hear from you again soon, man. No doubt. Congrats on the new show, man. Thanks, bud. Welcome back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Um, I wanted to mention that Felicity Huffman is already out of jail. She went to prison, if you know, uh, because of the college scandal. She only paid, well, only, I guess I shouldn't say it that way, but she paid someone to take a test for one of her kids. Uh, She didn't do what Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky, is accused of doing, which is 
much, much worse, um, paying several hundred thousand dollars to get two kids into USC and pretend they were on a rowing team. Uh, Felicity Huffman was, uh, I think, uh, her sentence was 14 days, but she is out after 11 days. It seems like the right play in that whole situation was to uh, go with the prosecutors and plead guilty. Uh, where I'm, I'm worried about Aunt Becky. Is it weird in this day and age in 2019 that we've gotten to a place where Aunt Becky could be going to jail? Neil, are you familiar with the Full House? Oh yeah. Okay. Are you sad? And I, I'm not saying that I, I think she should be. You know, I, I don't want to say that she's innocent or guilty, but she's Aunt Becky. It's yeah. When it, when all this kind of broke, I was a little shocked to right. say the least. Yeah, shocked. I'm is, sure a lot of people were. Right. But. Shocked is a really good word for that because it's not the person. If I had been identifying, if I was playing like the people in legal trouble, trouble bingo of 2019, Aunt Becky would not have been on my radar. Um, and yet no. this is happening. Yeah. At the same time, though, I don't. I, I think that it exists in the you know education world that people can donate things like gyms, and it makes it easier to get their kids in. That joke that. You know, if a library is named after you, you're probably going to be capable of getting into a school. And what they were doing might be some version of that. It's just a lot less honest. It's a lot more uh, shady. And so it's just been a weird thing. But Felicity Huffman already out of jail after 11 days. Uh, it seems like she made a pretty good call. Ninety uh, percent of U.S. of U.S. workers never call in sick. They go to work sick. Is that surprising to you that the number is so high? Neil, is that something that you are here currently with the tuss in? You're a little bit ill, and apparently nine out of ten people would do what you do, just uh, roll in. Well, I mean, I'm I'm grinded through a little bit. I mean, I'm not terribly ill. No, if you I seem was, very ill. Uh, I mean, we're I mean, carting you around on a wheelchair. It's been very intense. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, yeah, that does surprise me. I'm surprised 90%. I thought that number yeah. was a little high. Yeah, and then a third of us actually never skip a day for any reason. This means you forego your vacation, which people need to stop doing. People need to take vacation. There's a reason you have it. It helps a lot with mental health, but a third of people just uh, go to work every single day and don't worry about all that. So I got to take another break. More Craig Collins show next. You're listening to the Craig Collins show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins show on WJBC. Uh, I have a question. I'd love to have you call in and tell me what you think of this. Uh, the call in number is eight, two, nine, two, three, four, five. You can also text me. 51879, 51879, you might know that number. That is a contest number we give out from time to time. But I found out that I can actually access it. I can see what you're saying. So if you don't want to call in, you're too shy for that, but you want to give me a text, shoot a text over to 51879 and give me an answer to this question. How old is too old to trick-or-treat? Uh, I, I know that it's kind of weird when a kid who's a little bit older is out there and maybe you don't want to give him can't, I mean, and we have one city that's taking this to an extreme. Chesapeake, Virginia, is going to penalize anyone who's 12 years or older for trick-or-treating by charging them with a misdemeanor. This seems to be above and beyond in a way that I don't think we need. I, I thought, and we actually had this conversation earlier in the week, a couple of our callers said society used to tell people to do or not do things a little bit better than it does now. We used to discourage people a little bit more than we do now. And now apparently law enforcement, at least in Chesapeake, has to step in and tell a 12-year-old they can't trick-or-treat to the extent of charging them with a, a misdemeanor crime. And I'm sure most of those cases probably would would settle or wind up being far less than that. But just the fact that they had to put this into law uh, to me was surprising. But go ahead and give us a call or send us a text. How old is too old? And what should be the punishment? Should the punishment be something like this? Should it just be a no, you can't have candy. I mean, do the 
kids have to dress up. Sometimes people trick-or-treat that are a little bit older and they don't even have a costume on, and it seems like they're just trying to get free candy. And I understand, you know, not wanting to encourage that kind of behavior. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine why anyone would deserve a a misdemeanor. Uh, the idea, and this comes from Mayor Rick West out of Chesapeake, the idea that we would put teenagers that age in jail was just a horrible thought, obviously, and it angered a lot of people. So I, it sounds like they're reconsidering it, but, yeah. That, to me, is a little interesting. Go ahead and give us a call, 829-2345, or send me a text, 51879. How old is And you know what? By the way, if you caught us in the last hour, we were trying to give one of the colleagues here, Blake, uh, I wouldn't call it dating advice. I did it first, but he said more just friendship advice might be the right thing. He had a little issue with a, a friend of his that sent him a late-night message asking if he was awake, and he didn't know how to handle it next time he sees her. So you can text me thoughts on either of those two things. Um, or anything else. Wall Street, I have bad news for anyone that looks, that's looking into you know, becoming a, a Wall Street trader. Uh, salaries are down. Salaries are down. I'm sure you can't live off the amount of money they're making now. Uh, in 2017, the average Wall Street person made $422,000 a year. Now they're only making 398600 Obviously, 398 is not enough to trade on Wall Street, right? Neil, if you got the option to become a trader tomorrow, you need a little bit more than 398. Uh yes, I would agree. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any idea what I'm talking about or are you just diving in? Uh no, I I I was I was kind of yeah, I'm listening. Okay. I I've been doing a couple other things over here as well. I'm I've got hands kind of all over the place. I got you. I got yeah. you. 398,000 would be enough for me personally to quit this job and go trade on Wall Street. I think it's silly that they have to report this in the New York Post that $422,000 is last year's salary now it's down to 398 so obviously wall street trading is not you know not the profession to look into this is the kind of thing that only so so many of us should do um that's that's you know almost half a million dollars or half of a million dollars yeah that's a that's a good amount of money I don't Neil, know. what do you make i don't know how i would fare on wall street it seems very hectic very you know cutthroat uh you know Okay. I like it here in Central Illinois. I got it. Yeah. So it's the stress of it all that would make you not. You know, it, <laughs> so no amount of money is enough for you, is what well, you're saying. Well, you know, we I get see. up to that closer to uh, maybe a million, and yeah, see. then I can handle the stress. I got gotcha. you. No problem. Uh, mafias are also a little bit different now than they used to be. In my day and age, mafias were a little scarier, a little more intimidating. Uh, a recent news story, Italian police busted a mafia that had a plastic recycling ring going on. They were They were working in recycling. Uh, it seemed to be that some of the activities they were doing might be to, to move some materials. They're not supposed to move. But for the most part, the, the mafia apparently now uh, helps you out with recycling. That's, that's a little bit different. That's hashtag 2019 mafia. That's totally different than in the past. Now all we do is we recycle, and in the process, maybe we smuggle a little bit of toxic material. That doesn't seem as harmful as, as old mafia. The one I saw in The Godfather, the one that I see you know, in, uh, in um, the Sopranos, those guys seemed worse. They didn't pick up any of my recycling on the curb. Can we really call them the mafia if they're uh, doing this recycling and stuff? Helping I don't with know. I, mean, I yeah. guess. I guess. I, they're, they're busted up. They were a mob. They all. They probably all have the gangster accent and stuff. But for whatever reason, these guys out of Sicily who were working in China uh, were just, for the most part, hmm. making the world a cleaner place. It's a different time, I guess. It is. 2019 is special. This is the Craig Collins Show and WJBC a little bit more. I, I wanted to talk about this story because I kind of found it fascinating. A family went on a vacation, and they went to a tourist spot. And you know, you go on vacation, and there's these you know roller coaster attractions and things that snap a photo of you. Uh, Bal, Bal Gill, she's 41 years old. She was with her family 
She went to the Camera Obscura and World of Illusions. It's in Edinburgh. And during the course of her trip, her vacation with her family, she was snapped in an infrared area of the park. Uh, she wound up going home, checking out the photos, having a good time talking about it with her family, and realized that there was a, a obscure image in the photo of her. Uh, she took it to her doctor, and she actually was diagnosed with treatable breast cancer. This, to me, was surreal to read. She, she wound up having to go through treatment and having the deadly disease removed from her body, but she has now brought this to everyone's attention, attention during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, there are three ways to prevent yourself, and apparently there, there's actually a fourth way to prevent yourself from, from you know, having the disease and not knowing it, and that's to, to go to this vacation spot in Edinburgh, but you should obviously talk to your doctors about this, uh, check for, your, for these kind of things. You should you know, do whatever you can to prevent it, but I just thought it was surreal. I, I Think about that. You go on vacation, and you're having a good time with your family, and somehow, and I actually remember there was a, a while back that someone on TV, I think it was a TV anchor, had a listener call in or a listener email her and say they notified a, a lump in her throat, and now that wound up being a treatable um, lump for cancer as well. So it's it's surreal the way in which today's you know world and technology will help us protect ourselves. But could you imagine that going on vacation and winding up getting yourself treated for for a disease like that because of a, a photo that was taken? Neil, do you think that that's crazy? Uh, yeah, kind of. A, I'm just sitting here listening to you. Yeah, I'm kind of processing. It's a crazy story. Right. I, I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, honestly, and I thank God that it happened actually, right, because right. this wound up being a treatable situation. She went. She's totally okay uh, that she went on vacation and had this snap of her. But um, and I guess the the area loses uses a low level form of kind of X-ray, so it is a a similar thing to getting an X-ray done. And and how how lucky? I mean, honestly, sometimes you even think that that it might be. You know, intervention in some kind. Call mm-hmm. it divine if you're if you're of faith, whatever you want to call it. But uh, to have that happen, to have you know her walk into that place at that time and wind up having that, I just I thought it was crazy. So I wanted to let you guys know about that today. Um, and a completely different story, completely shifting gears a little bit. The average person, uh, I know that it's it's um, homecoming week. There's going to be a lot of tailgating, a lot of drinking, a lot of fun will be had. Is that correct, Neil? You're a young man. I would assume, yeah. You're going to be. You're going to. There are going to be revels. Will there be revels? Uh, I I should be over in the tailgate lots, okay. hanging out. Yeah, a uh, little, just, little bit more tame than maybe in college. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just a warning, though. The average person loses about $193 worth of stuff while drunk every year. Wow. This isn't at one time. This is over the course of all the different outings you have. And this is an average person. This is not skewed younger or older so I, I wonder if some younger people lose a little bit more but apparently if you get hammered you could lose things like keys phones cash all different kinds of items maybe you lose hats uh, uh shoes you've seen stuff while you've been walking around that how did someone lose that item how did that wind up there uh but the average person loses about two hundred dollars yeah i had a buddy uh, a couple weeks ago he, he lives up in chicago he i sent him a text see how he was doing he goes ah, i lost my uh, keys and wallet last night <laughs> Well, and he was out and about. So, yep, yeah, see, sounds exactly. about right. Right. So if you get drunk, maybe you should pick a friend to be the designated holder of things. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the designated driver. Sure. Or the, you just find one friend, maybe get them a very large coat with a lot of pockets in it, and give all of your things to this one person so they protect the things. 
Maybe we need to bring back the cargo shorts. I mean, yeah. it's like we, maybe or the only excuse to wear cargo shorts is when you go <laughs> out so that you have multiple pockets right. and you you know you keep your stuff maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more intact. There's normally buttons on there so Correct. then that way your wallet, your keys, whatever aren't, you know, falling out. Are you a good enough friend to be the designated holder of things? Uh no, I would okay. not. I would not. not. Nope. Can you identify a friend? I know you got a bunch of people at your house right now. Is there a friend that you would say is your yes, designated I, my, holder? Yes, my buddy Chris is in town, okay. uh, who I lived with in college for for five years, uh, and uh, yeah, I would I would uh, trust my stuff with Chris. All right, I would like Chris to call in eight two nine two three four five and let me know if he is the designated holder of things. I'm not expecting him to call in, but Chris, if you're listening, <laughs> call in and let me know if that's okay. Neil has now bought you a pair of cargo shorts, <laughs> and he's ready to give you all his stuff. Uh, Miller Lite wants you to unfriend them on social media. Miller Lite is trying a new uh, PR campaign. The campaign is is designed to encourage you to get off your phone, to get out in the world, to you know live your life. And so they're asking that you unfriend them on all kinds of social media. You know what they'll give you? Free beer. If you unfriend Miller Lite, you'll be entered into a running to get some free beer. This is on Facebook and Instagram. And the reason why is just the simple idea. They'll give it to you in PayPal, by the way, so you do have to have a PayPal account. But they just want you to live your life, you know? You don't always have to be on the Internet all the time. You don't have to fall asleep with the phone and wake up with the phone. You need to get that, uh, unlike the Miller Lite, get a free beer and then go outside and hang out with some friends. Maybe go tailgating and bring along Neil's friend who will carry all your stuff for you. That is very important to have a a carry-all-your-stuff friend and maybe buy him a pair of cargo shorts. Just a second. Music's coming. There it is. There's my music. And then we'll push this button. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. We talk about all kinds of things. We talk about silly things. We talk about some serious things. And in this case, we're going to be talking about immigration. Uh, Yesterday, I had people talking about the First Amendment. So, you know, the the Craig Collins Show is all over the place a little bit in the best of ways, hopefully. I want to first introduce Richard Haynes. Richard Haynes is a immigration lawyer out of Chicago. Richard, you're on the phone with us. Uh, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing okay. Great. Good you, to be with you. Glad to have you. We have a couple clients in studio as well of yours that we'll get to uh, in a bit. But first, if you just want to say hi, we have Elizabeth Keithley and John Keithley in studio. And your story has been turned into a play that's been running in New York since uh, January. It was recently seen by actor Ben Stiller. He tweeted out about the play, and I quote, saw this last night. It was really affecting and reminded me how much uh, we can take for granted as an American, how our country is made up of immigrants, and how our diversity is what makes us a great country, great work. That is from actor Ben Stiller. Uh, But please just uh, say hello to our audience, John and and Elizabeth. Go ahead. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Thank you. Yeah, good. And you guys are from Bloomington. You live in the area, and yes. you wound up going through Richard to work on your immigration process. That story wound up being covered by the Chicago Tribune, and then uh, the New York uh, area found it, and someone reached out to Richard. Is that correct? First, Richard, is that how uh, everyone became connected on all this? Well, actually, last summer I was contacted by the production company that I had no idea how um, – uh, relevant or how big they were. I thought it was a community theater sure. company looking to put on uh, the stage a actual transcript of a deportation. And the motivation of the producer was the stuff going on at the border um, with parents and children getting separated, that there was something about humanizing the process, not necessarily about any particular issue, sure. but in general immigration, in general the humans, the immigration experience, and then put a deportation case 
um, on stage. And I was approached with this idea, and I thought about it. I had a transcript that I thought might be an interesting idea. I talked with the Keithleys. The Keithleys story is, is an, an amazing one, and it, it just it, it kind of took life from there because the person who got the transcript read it, loved it, and he is a successful producer and actor out of New York who's actually originally from the Chicago area. And before you know it, he had an off-Broadway uh, production called The Courtroom. Wow, okay. And so you are also portrayed in this in this um, play as well, Richard. What is it like to have people, and I think some famous actors, TV actors, have portrayed all three of you um, in these in these plays. What's it like to go through the process of having someone cast you? Um, I, from my side, I, it's just one big, nonstop, surreal, surreal, humbling moment sure. because I, I I just was doing my job, and the the case was so compelling, and the Keithleys are just wonderful people who really got caught, swept up in a maze of well-intended laws. And between the two actors who've been playing me so far, and then in the future, I mean, all, what can one say? It's 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 absolutely surreal, and. And everyone involved in the play, the actors, the producers, are just amazingly impressive, good people. Yeah. Uh, what's it like to have uh, both of your roles cast for, for the Keeleys, John and uh, Elizabeth? What's it like to have you know, people portray you and to go see that? You were flown out to New York, right, to see the play? Yes. Yeah, you were both flown out there. And, and what's it like to go through the experience of seeing a story that's probably a little you know, emotional to see portrayed by people on a, on a big stage? Yes, what is what is that experience? How, what does it feel like? Um, very happy. I mean, I was happy to to go there to to see the sure the um, the, the show play. the yep. play, but I was nervous and um, emotional because sure. because you know I see my story or something. Yeah, so I yeah, was, yeah. I imagine. And John, for you, was it kind of uh, an interesting experience? Yes, it was. We had uh, they used the original transcripts word by word, and it was it was uh, bring, bring brought back memories of what we went through. Got it. And it was uh, quite quite impressive. They did a real good job of it. The actors and the, the scene. Yes, it was very 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 good. That's interesting, uh, Richard. You can explain that a little bit better. So what they used to to write this play in New York was actually the transcripts from the court case that that occurred in Chicago. Correct. Correct. Actually, there was no writing. Um, what the gentleman who's whose idea this was and who was giving life and to humanize this process, um, he took the transcripts of the initial hearing stage and then he blended in the oral arguments before the Seventh Circuit and made it the play. Now, there are other elements of it that he didn't put in there, but everything is verbatim. Wow. I mean, the genius behind it that this that Arian had, had thought of is let's put it verbatim on the stage and there's no writing. This sure. is just what happened. Sure. And this, whether it's go, going on in the court, the initial court hearing, or arguing at the Seventh Circuit, it's all what happened, and yeah. they recreate what happened. So it's it's essentially then free from any sort of bias in writing or any sort of creative liberties. This is uh, word for word the way in which this transpired. So let's let's get to it, uh, Richard. Go ahead and tell us what this play is all about. What what did occur uh, that was so interesting that a company in New York wanted to call and, and ask you to turn it into a play? Well, what 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 was compelling to the person who put the play on was I think it captured the experience of being an immigrant sure. in this country, the newness of it, the the culture, the protocol, and the subject and the conundrum that, that the Keithleys were approached by was 
the process by which we register people to vote at the DMV in a very liberal way, in a good intended way, because we want to maximize participation. The other side of it is, well, when the Keith Lee's, when a newcomer here doesn't know their rights and their approach to register and are given a voter card without really knowing what the rules are, you have you know very extreme immigration laws, or at least penalizing, that say if you register or you vote, you get deported. And this really is the coming together of a society trying to do the right thing and finding, you know, that enforcing deportation laws in, in trying to make voting um, accessible after <clears throat> a sordid past in this country of voter discrimination. But where's the right balance? Yeah, what sure. safeguards are needed? Exactly. So in 2004, the Keithleys got married. And then in 2006, I believe, uh, Elizabeth, you went to a DMV. Uh, you signed up to get a driver's license, and in the process of getting your driver's license, you also were registered to vote, which you kind of just inadvertently said yes to, like like we all do, anyone does. Uh, you weren't aware at the time that that might trigger some sort of immigration case against you. Uh, that immigration case then took several years or, or quite a bit of time in court to come to a resolution, the resolution being that you had no ill intent in accepting the fact that you were getting registered to vote while picking up your license, even though your immigration status wasn't completed at the time. So eventually everything was was forgiven, but it was a very stressful time period. And during that whole process, Richard Haynes, who's on the phone with us, uh, represented you guys in court. Um, and so throughout that whole experience, throughout that whole process, I doubt any of you at any point in your minds thought, you know, this would make a great play in New York. I don't think that ever triggered for anyone to say, you know, this would be great entertainment for people in the future, mm-hmm. right? That's correct. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. now that it's there, and now that people are becoming aware of just ways in which, as Richard, you said, that maybe, you know, with with good intention, some things can have very real, very bad consequences. Um, there is a hope that this play, and, and maybe if it gets to Chicago or closer to, to us here or just the word of it gets out when people like Ben Stiller are tweeting about it, that we can fix some of these processes. Because I think uh, when I was talking to John before the show, before the segment started, uh, this process still isn't fixed. Is that right, Richard? Well, I think that we're balancing different interests. And we're trying to find a way to keep voting accessible, to have voter discrimination, um, or at least um, um, illegal discrimination, kept um, out of the process. But at the same time, you know, that for well-intended people who don't do this in a sort of methodical, deliberate way, that they don't face the deportation consequence. Sure, sure. And moreover, I think the, the, the what, what drew, and I remember um, um, Arian, who put the play together, what drew him to this was just to talk about all of the gray areas that immigrants face day to day, and it spoke to his own experience. And I think that a lot of immigrants, you know, every, there's a lot of perspectives on this. And that is, that's the interesting part. There's no black and white to this. Correct. But it's a slice of life of what it is to be an immigrant, and apparently it struck a chord. Yeah, well, and I'll say that about theater in general. Anyone who goes to, and I'm sure there's, you know, musical theater and things that aren't exactly designed to be challenging, but there's a lot of theater out there that is designed to to inform, maybe to offer an opinion of some kind, and that's what's so great about it. That's why we should go to theater more as people. Um, but this this uh, place out of New York sounds like it's an interesting place that, that focuses a lot on these types of issues, and it's good to get the word out. I'm sure all three of you agree now that this is becoming more and more of a thing and hopefully something that spreads and, and this play is shown other places that just getting this information out there is a good thing. 
Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. They're saying yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and, and I agree. And I think just in a day and age where, you know, there there is a, a dehumanization and a demonization of immigration, it's not to say we shouldn't enforce laws. It's not to say right. we have to have open borders. It's to say these are about people you know, and human beings. Yeah, today's show is out of theme. I had I had first responders in early on in the show that talked about how even though they're cops and firefighters and we might see them in different ways depending on who you are, uh, they're really just people. The, the same is true for anyone. Anyone caught up in any situation, an immigration situation, anyone that you meet you know, from an authority position, everyone out there is just a, a person. So I guess today's show, I didn't intend it to be so, you know, um, have a message to it, but... But really, that these these are people living, you know, situations, and we need to have a little more compassion, maybe, uh, when hearing about some of these stories, and certainly learning more about your experience uh, will help us out. I thank you guys for joining me in studio. Thank you. I love yeah. everything you just said. <laughs> thank you, Richard, and thank you for the work you're doing, man, out there in Chicago. Uh, but thank you, John. Thank, thank you, you, Elizabeth, Don't for coming. Thank you in so studio. much. Yep, and hang out with us. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. All right. We've got just a few more topics to get to, and then there's an extravaganza. I don't even want to try to say it the way that Scott Miller says it. I, I feel like I'm going to break something. I might hurt a vocal cord. I might get injured and then not be able to do this anymore uh, because everybody's also sick here. So I'm just I'm tempting fate to yell out. I'm sort of I'm tempted. I'm still tempted to do it. No, I won't do it. I won't do it. Okay. May, no, no. Okay. No, I won't. Uh, starting January 1st, there's going to be a third of vending machine items will be healthy. That is a new push by a lot of the vendors out there. The National Automatic Merchandising Association had requested it. Now when you go to the vending machine, it won't just be Snickers and Reese's and all the good things that you like. There will be, and maybe I shouldn't say that you won't like them, probably they'll be very delicious healthy items. But you'll see a lot, a lot more green, a lot more mentions of vegetables and fruits, and maybe a lot less... Uh, chocolate. Um, it used to be about 24%, so 33 isn't that crazy. An additional 9% of the unhealthy snacks uh, mentioned in this article was Cheez-Its. That seems like a mean way to focus on Cheez-Its. I'm not sure that that'll be the only item we remove from vending machines, but they're going to get healthier. Um, have you ever had to eat vending machine food? Like, uh, Is that something that you have to do when you're working and, and there's no real other place to go? At times in my career, different radio stations or different jobs uh, you can't really get away for long enough to to get an actual meal, and then you find yourself eating out of a vending machine. And it's not really a good thing. It's not the kind of thing that people should have to live off of. So maybe it's good for those people to get items in the vending machine that'll uh, you know sustain you and not just give you a sugar rush. Um, but I have had to do that before, and it's uh, it's crazy. Neil, have you lived off a vending machine at any point in your life for a day or two, or you know during a work day? Neil just gone. He just walked away. Okay, never mind. Uh, forget about that. Greg, have you done that before? Have you actually had to live off a vending machine for a meal? I've done that. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even here, yes. Fortunately, with the uh, with the onset of Uber Eats, yeah, it gets I've a little got, better. I've had Uber Eats out here a couple of times there when I've been uh, babysitting a football game or. Uh, What's your go-to Uber Eats meal? Uh, lately, it was Panda. Oh, nice. Panda yeah, Express. A little Panda Express. Yeah, yeah sure. What else? You know, you, you do a... the super greens and it kind of fits on the diet. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's healthy. Uh, by the way, I wonder if people would be upset with this. If someone breaks into your home, it's usually always a, a negative. You're not usually happy about it. But this guy, he made me laugh enough that it were if it were me, maybe I wouldn't, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't press charges. A guy broke <laughs> into a home um, in, uh, uh, this is from uh, Kentucky. 
and he decided to make himself two, and I quote, mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> this is just mayonnaise in between two slices of bread. No meat option was chosen. You. No, right, no other food option put in there. He, he broke into the house. He wandered into the kitchen, made himself two mayonnaise sandwiches, cleaned up after himself, which mm. I appreciate, yeah. and then he, uh, then he left. And so if it were me... And if I had woken up to that and figured out that someone had been in my kitchen, I'd be I'd be worried. But I don't know. Maybe the guy was hungry and he just needed. It sounds kind of like he was probably intoxicated. And I think he's still on the loose. So if you're in Kentucky and scared that a mayonnaise sandwich burglar is coming your way, uh, he will clean up. So really, there's a there's a side benefit there. Yeah, I'll take that. Right? Yeah. I'll I mean, t- I'll take a couple of spoonfuls of mayonnaise as a loss and two pieces of bread. Exactly. Yeah. As long so, as he's neat. Well, he made two. So it's four slices of bread. Oh. Okay. Well, I don't know if that was the tipping point I don't for know. you now, Greg. That might yeah. have just killed the deal. <laughs> two slices me. is fine, dude. Already he's four. Yeah. Really. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> one other quick headline that I really like today: a blind guy is suing Hooters. That might be a surprise <laughs> to most of us. It is a blind guy out of New York. He is suing Hooters, and he says Hooters is not friendly to people with his condition. Um, (laughs) He would like the menus to be in Braille, and he'd also like to be capable of enjoying, and I think I'm quoting now, the full experience of Hooters, which I, I... I can't answer how we get that done. I mean, yeah, you can. Yeah, I. I yeah, you no, can. I don't. No, I can't. <laughs> I appreciate Marcos for trying. Uh, he is out of New York City to figure out how he can go and have the experience that other people at, at Hooters do. A family dining uh, destination. I might mind. I might well, mention as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, he would. He would like some things changed. And so a blind guy. Is doing Hooters. JBC. This is the Craig Collins Show, and we're getting set for the extravaganza. I don't know. I'm trying. I yelled a lot. A lot of yelling just happened there, Greg. I don't know if that was right. And I immediately I'm sure at the end, I immediately tried to abort out of it. I tried to. No. I went in, and then I came out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's the horse out of the barn thing. Okay. All right. So um, it's okay though. All right. It's all right. I only I have per- to do it for a couple weeks, right? The extravaganza well, is. This might be our last right. extravaganza. At most, we would have two games next Friday. Got it. Okay. Because the playoffs start. The regular season ends tonight mm-hmm. for most. Uh, there are only a couple of games in the area tomorrow Got that it. involve area teams. So go ahead and tell us, where are we going tonight? Well, What's the happening? big one, Normal Community is at Peoria, and that's at Peoria Stadium. Both teams are 7-1, and one, but Normal Community has a one-game lead in the conference, Big 12 Conference. Oh, wow. So uh, Community's trying to run the table in the league and win the league outright, and uh, they're going up against Peoria High. Mm-hmm. Very interesting team. They love to get as many plays off as possible. The up-tempo offense, Normal Community, both teams are in the playoffs. But they're trying to fine-tune for week number 10, and it'll be an interesting game. It's it's um, a high-paced game. You're going to stat that game, and you have your hands full. Got it. It's uh, uh, going to be a good one. So that's the first game on the, do you yes. want to be the one to say it, not me, the extravaganza? Uh, I can't. I, okay, can't can. do the, I can't do the Miller version of the extravaganza. Did he just yell, or was there another? I, I heard him do it once, Yeah. But I'm still trying to find it in there. It's, yeah, it's quite challenging. It's, it is. It is. Yeah. You have to write to have the proper emphasis. <laughs> So that's okay, because okay. I have five hours to say it. There you go. Uh, starting right. in ten minutes You from need now. to save your voice. Yeah. Uh, so where else are we it's going It's a long tonight? night. We do all, we're going to do all the other inner city games tonight, okay. which means Central Catholic home against Tolono Unity. Central Catholic will conclude their season, but it'll be a senior night. So mm-hmm. they're hoping to finish strong. Unity is on to the playoffs. They're right now second place in the Illini Prairie Conference. We will have normal West at Urbana. Urbana really, really struggling this year. West already in the playoffs, so this is a fine-tune game for Nathan Fincham. Got it. And the Wildcats always remember that even though you're already in the playoffs, you're still playing for seeding because mm-hmm. the 7-2 and two 
and a six and three and an eight and one, they're all different. And so your playoff seeds are still important. So it's still important to win, even though you've clinched a berth. So West is at Urbana. Uh, we also have uh, uh, Bloomington headed to Champaign Centennial. Bloomington out of the playoffs as well. Centennial winless, but this is a good opportunity for the Purple Raiders to finish on a okay. high note and get their fourth win. And Decatur Eisenhower is at U High. Hancock Stadium, a busy place this weekend. So not only the homecoming game for ISU tomorrow against Indiana State, but tonight the Pioneers are hosting Decatur Eisenhower. This is a game the Pioneers won last year. And uh, as John Johnson told us in the pregame chat, you know what? We win this one. We finish in the middle of a very tough Central yeah, State A conference after we were injury-laden and, and uh, laden and uh, had all sorts of personnel issues. That would be quite an accomplishment. So that's tonight at Hancock Stadium. They are p- playing a preliminary game. So that is actually where Neil Doyle is headed. He's headed, and he's going to cover that one for uh, us. So. How long have you been doing this? How long have you been working these games in WJBC? 17 years. So, yeah. Got it. Night or 2002 was when I arrived on the scene here, mm-hmm. and I've been a part of the extravaganza throughout that. We did games on another station, kind of like TV Guy does right now, and I did those for a couple of years, uh, but I've been part of the extravaganza ever since. I've been running the extravaganza now for probably about, uh, except for one year off, I pretty much ran have run the extravaganza for about the last 15 years. Wow. So, or uh, uh, 12 years, I'm sorry. Okay, so, but, so uh, how does it feel every year when it gets mm-hmm. toward the end of it? Is there is there a bit of sweetness to it, or are you happy when it's, I mean, it's you a, have time? There's a lot to do with it, but it's amazing to me every year that, wow, this is week nine already. Yeah, this it is flies the, by. The season's done. I wow. mean, we're not done, because we do have playoff teams, and we mm-hmm. will cover them, but... That's every year. That's the consistent part. It's like, whoa, wow, <laughs> that went by quick in two and a half months, roughly. But uh, yeah. uh, So the playoff chances, though, for our teams that we'll be covering, uh, do you weigh in on those? Yeah, I can, sure, because, I mean, it's not arbitrary. It's, it's all according to a formula by the sure. IHSA. And we will, by the way, announce those playoff pairings. We do have a special show tomorrow night, and I'll be hosting that 7 until 9 tomorrow night. Cool. And we will talk with a bunch of coaches, especially in the 8 o'clock hour, because that's when all the pairings are announced. I've got five coaches already lined up. We're going to do lightning round, kind of wow. like extravaganza. 7 o'clock, we'll talk a little bit more about the field. But uh, uh, Normal Community and Normal West are the two intercity teams of the five Bloomington Normal teams mm-hmm. that are in. If Tri-Valley beats Eureka tonight, they would be in. Uh, Tremont and Fisher in, Heart of Illinois Conference side on the small division, on the large division, GCMS. Eureka and Fieldcrest is undefeated, and they're wow. headed to the playoffs as well. Going to hear from Eureka and Fieldcrest tomorrow night, and their coaches as part of the show. So those are out of the HOIC. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We have a lot to follow. Okay. Immediately, though, it'll be normal community and normal West, and then, who knows, maybe Dry Valley as well. All right. Uh, so we have a lot more of the extravaganza. That was good. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. That was good. That All was right. better. Well, okay. You're, you're getting All right. it. It's not yelling. There's something to it. There's a fine art to it. It's not just yelling. Uh, more Craig it's Collins. It's not just though. a move. It's right. a feeling. There, it's, an, it's an attitude. There we go. If you want to know how to keep your pumpkin, if you carve a pumpkin for the holiday season and you want to know how to keep it, um, you know, looking good for as long as possible, I imagine that just waiting is probably a good idea. You don't have to leave it out there for too long. Uh, but if you do, you know, get it early in the season. I, I think by now you're probably safe. Here are some tips. First, clean it inside thoroughly. If you're one of those people that only kind of sort of gets the stuff out from in there, uh, you might struggle a little bit to have that pumpkin stay fresh. So you really should be thorough. I'm not the most thorough of cleaners. My wife is a much better uh, cleaner. She gets all the nooks and crannies. So take that mindset in when you're cleaning out your pumpkin. Uh, number two, apply some petroleum jelly or oil 
which is interesting to the pumpkin. Those things like Vaseline or vegetable oil can help keep it, it moist and not dry out so the pumpkin doesn't, you know, get to a point where you feel like you should probably throw it out before the holiday actually happens. Number three on the list, you could store it in a fridge, which is an idea. Maybe when you're not leaving it out, when you're not displaying it, instead of just, you know, letting it sit there, you could actually get it a little bit colder. In this current weather, it seems like it might be fine to leave it outside, but this uh, article tells you that you could actually store the pumpkin in a fridge as well. You can rehydrate the pumpkin daily. Uh, Yep, that's right. You could include dropping just a few pieces of water or maybe even cleaning it out with a little bit of extra bleach each day to keep that carved pumpkin fresh and nice. And then number five, and this is my favorite one, just don't carve it. I like when people compile a list and a majority of the things are in honestly trying to help you with something you're obviously going to decide to do. And then the fifth one is like, you know what, just don't don't do this at all. Uh, They said you can obviously draw on the pumpkin as opposed to carving a pumpkin. But where's the joy in that? You don't get to cook the seeds. Not, there's no I, the holiday season. You need to have seeds. You need to do the carving with the kids. You can't just like draw on the pumpkin and feel like it's enough. So I don't know about that option on the list there. But those are the five ways to keep your pumpkin healthy before the end of the holiday season. Uh, real quick, too, uh, an investor was trying to trick farmers into investing in a a new startup he had, and the idea was that he could make it rain. I wonder how often, I know we have a lot of farmers in the community, I wonder how often you're promised something like that. Someone tells you they have a trick, they have some way, or maybe there's some sort of equipment you can buy to encourage it to rain. Uh, But this guy, his name is David Miles, he's out of Australia, he claimed to be an inventor, he was peddling weather modification technology, charging as much as $50,000 to get people to buy into his company, And the promise would be that when it was ready, that product would show up at your farm and you'd be able to just dial up a rainstorm overhead whenever you wanted one. Uh, The weirdest thing about this idea is that he said it would really just be a localized storm, so he had a contraption that would control weather around your farm and nowhere else. If they could ever invent one of those, I'm sure it would be incredibly well-selling. But, yeah, that's not a thing.